What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. Adam Ronis on vacation. So the red carpet is rolled out. It is a week of some of the finest guests you are going to hear in the fantasy industry. And super pumped about the way we're going to kick off this week right now. You guys know him from fantasyalarm.com. Uh, he is the new tight end whisperer on the block because that is no longer me. You can find him on the old Twitter machine at Coop A Fiasco. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Cooper, what is up? Howard, what's up, buddy? That's a that's a powerful intro, man. You'll always be the the tight end whisperer to me, man. So I do appreciate that coming from you. And hopefully uh we can fill the shoes of the great Adam Ronis collectively as a guest this week. So we'll do our best. Well you're not gonna talk hoops with me right now, are you? No. No. All right, I'm, so we're I'm already filling the, the shoes there. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Adam talks about basketball. And listen, I get him, you know, in in on the basketball conversation at times too. Um, because you know, you just you hear the excitement in his voice, but like me, basketball could be dead for me and, and I couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah. Everything I know about basketball I learned secondhand from John and Pemba. So I'm uh I'm not not really plugged in on the basketball scene right now. I am not even remotely plugged in on it, but we're not going to talk basketball. What we, what I want to do is I want to talk some fantasy football now, because that's another thing that, you know, Ronis will talk about the news and stuff like that, but he's, uh, he's still finishing off the NBA season. He's still very much neck deep into baseball. So the football coverage from him doesn't start up yet. You, on the other hand, neck deep already in best ball drafts. Um, and, and you are, you've already contributed what I believe to be probably it's going to end up the most popular article, not just in the fantasy alarm draft guide, but just in general for fantasy football knowledge, because I've read it six times already. Um, and I love it. And that's winning the Scott fishbowl. So we got a lot to talk about here. Why don't we, uh, let's, let's kind of introduce you to the world though, here a little bit. And let's talk about your your path, your journey, like what, you know, talk to me about what led John and Pemba to call me up and say, yo, I got this guy, Andrew Cooper, who does amazing work for football. You guys need to meet and he needs to be working for us. So tell me what, what led you up to all that? Yeah. I mean, to say that I'm neck deep in fantasy football right now, would be a bit of an understatement. I feel like I'm, I'm already down in the underground bunker you know, building these, uh, these Scott Fishbowl and these draft guide articles. Uh, so basically, you know, I've been writing about football for a long time, just as an amateur, mostly on Reddit, the forum over there. Some people are familiar with it. Some people aren't, but, uh, eventually I was talking to John and Pemba, who is a, a friend of a friend. And, uh, he's like, you gotta be, you gotta get this stuff out there. You know, it's like, you're doing it for free on these sites. He put me on with this other guy. And then eventually I was doing stuff over there came to you guys and uh it's been a match made in heaven with fantasy alarm you know i've been doing the tight end stuff the snap count stuff this off season i just kind of went full-blown with all the um the articles you know you can find me if you search andrew cooper fantasy alarm or coupe fiasco on twitter you can find my articles on zeke elliott joe mixon adam thielen a lot of concept articles that we're doing which are huge this time of year it's honestly more important than the the you know the articles that give you rankings the, the stupidest thing I see right now is like, oh, top 10 tight ends for this year. It's like those articles aren't helping you become a better fantasy player. It's they're giving you a fish when real articles that help you are teaching you to fish. You know, we're trying to show you how to identify the tight ends that are going to become 
the league winners because a lot of times they're not, you wouldn't even know that now. I mean, look at Darren Waller. Like he wasn't even on the radar until Antonio Brown froze his feet off and called his GM a cracker. You know, it's like these things, you have to be looking for what leads to these guys to succeed. And that's how you really win your league. So that that's kind of what I try and offer Howard. Well, then that's the, see, that's the thing. And that's, that's what I love so much about, you know, having you as part of the family, you know, because I mean, I listen, I, I, I learn you know, to break down the game of football itself before putting it into the fantasy spin. And I think that's that's something that, you know, I needed to learn, actually. I mean, I'll never forget it. Like I was talking to and and we're talking like a good 10 years ago now um, when Jeff Manns was with Fantasy Alarm. uh, And, you know, they brought me on as I was, you know, predominantly a baseball writer, but they knew I covered you know, all the other sports as well. And, and, you know, was eager to do all that. Jeff taught me about breaking down the game of football itself because I never played growing up. Like, you know, I don't know, mom wouldn't sign the permission slip, um, you know, whatever, you know, the, the case may be, but, you know, I, so I never played the game. And, and so I'm watching the game as a fan for years and years, but to break it down as a fantasy analyst, you got to know what all the X's and O's are. You need to know, schemes and play calling and really what what it comes down to you know blocking and and just the stuff that so few people i think in our industry hone in on and i think that's kind of that's what that really that's that's what separated you from almost every other football writer that i've that i've dealt with who's who's come looking for a job because your breakdowns are of football like you have a a sense of the game did you play football growing up yeah, I did. I so I played um I played quarterback growing up and I actually played with Anthony Sherman from the Chiefs. The sausage? Spent, the sausage, man. I spent a long time handing the ball to that kid so he could run kids over. You know, it was the kid was just a freak athlete. If it was third, third and long, we, you know, if we had the wide side of the field was on the right, we'd pitch it to him rolling right, he'd throw it righty. If the wide side was the left, we'd pitch it to him on the left and he would throw it lefty. That's how big of a freak this kid was. He was just a <laughs> different class of athlete. Massachusetts Gatorade player of the year, the whole deal. Um, but even then though. Like, I feel like everyone that plays this game and takes it seriously has that epiphany at one point where you realize what you don't know. So even me growing up playing football, like through my whole childhood, there was a point where I realized how much more complex the NFL game is than the game I used to play by far and realized how many things that I thought to be true that weren't true and tried to go back and learn. I'm like, you know, what is the difference between the, the air Coriel offense that the, that the, you know, the the chargers ran for a long time or the Erhard Perkins system that Bill Belichick uses. It's like, until you understand the, the basic concepts of those systems, you're not going to know how guys are going to be deployed, you know? So that's why I think this is a great spot for that because there's so many places out there. Like, you know, I don't want to say too many, too many names, fantasy bros <clears throat> that they just kind of throw whatever <laughs> out there for rankings or whatever. We're not looking for that here at fantasy alarm. We're looking for, nuanced takes that help you win your league and help you win your league even when you read an article in june and then you didn't read anything else after that because you learned something from it so that's where i'm at i'm glad that you're there howard and that's why i think it's such a great fit you know yeah i think one of i'm trying to remember which article it was that that you wrote and maybe it was part of your your tight end series that uh, you know when you when you talked about the buckets that tight ends are in and and basically the fact of you know, trying to identify. I think you were you were comparing um, oh, yeah. the Titans with John U. Smith and Anthony Ferkser and stuff like that. And you were talking about how you know you you can't look at it 
in a linear sense, like a depth chart saying that just because this guy's out, this guy's back and, you know, and, and, and you broadened it with, you know, understanding what each guy was excelling the most about. I think that's really, I mean, that, I mean, I, I knew beforehand, you know, on your writing, but your ability to teach people how to view it. I think that's probably what stands out the most to me. Yeah, that, that article is actually, that one's from this year. That's a, um, the rookie tight end. So we did a whole series around the dynasty on uh, different concepts that, that kind of show you why some wide receivers take a while to break out. Some tight ends take a while to break out some on running backs. And basically with, yeah, that's, so that's this year. If anyone wants to look that one up, I won't go through the whole article, but basically the idea is you want to look at your tight end and figure out where he fits within the room of tight ends because it's not a linear depth chart in a lot of places. And even if you think Jimmy Graham's washed, if you put a rookie Cole commit in that room, you got to, you got to ask yourself, who is the coach going to ask to block? And I can tell you right now, it's not going to be Jimmy Graham. So you <laughs> knowing that going in is going to teach you, you know, give you a heads up on, you know, it's like guys like Cameron Braid or Anthony Ferkser, you know, I know right now they don't have a path to targets, but those are pass catchers and they're going to be the ones that step up and get that pass catching role if and when something happens, you know, so just little things like that, that you pick up along the way and that, you know, we try and share. Let me ask you to, to implement that for, for right now, for this year. Um, talk about two of the more polarizing tight ends and for the situations that we're looking at right now. Um, one is in Atlanta. They bring in Kyle Pitts. Um, they still have Hayden Hurst. He's hanging out there as well. Some people still seem to think that, you know, that, that with Pitts as a slot receiver and, and being lined up out there that Hayden Hurst, um, could still have some value. Um, the other one, is uh, is Mike Gesicki in in um, in Miami? Now these are you know I think Hayden Hurst and Mike Gesicki are probably two tight ends that you and I have discussed um, a you know massive amount last year. I think we've like sniped each other in a number of drafts that we did on both those guys. So you know, but but what's the situation look like for them now? Hayden Hurst with Kyle Pitts there, no Julio, and then with Mike Gesicki, they go out and they draft Hunter Long. Who, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of buzz on long as well. How do those guys fit into the the res, their respective tight end rooms? So and this is this is one thing that goes all the way back to the very basics of football. When you first start playing it, the rules of the, the general rules of the game are that you need to have seven guys tethered to the line of scrimmage on every play. What I mean by that is you have to have your foot up on the line. The two widest guys are eligible to catch passes, right? Those guys can't go in motion unless they do a complex, you know, series of stepping back and having somebody else move forward. Uh, they can't, uh, they are right up on the line. So they have no buffer, right? So when you look at a team like the Falcons, Julio Jones is one of the best split ends in the game. So you have a tight end on one side on the line, a split end on the other side up on the line. He faces the tough coverage. He faces the jam. He faces, you know, uh, guys like Brandon Browner. That'll just jam you up. He would just jam uh, Demarius Thomas until he he didn't even want to play. You know, it's like you have to face that coverage. You know, you're facing the guys like Carlton Davis, guys like um, Marshawn Lattimore. So Julio would do that. When Julio was out last year, uh, when we saw the Falcons play Jair Alexander, uh, Calvin Ridley had five targets, zero catches. So I don't think they want to have him in that role if possible. I think what we see is I think we see Kyle Pitts outplaying a good chunk of split end or up in the slot, but tethered to the line. So up with his foot on the line in the slot. Logan Thomas did a, last, a lot last year. So I think Hayden Hurst is going to play a ton in an inline role. And Kyle Pitts is basically going to play wide receiver. 
I usually don't tout uh, rookie tight ends, but for me, Pitts has that opportunity, the same opportunity that Evan Ingram had as a rookie to be the second target on the team. So, you know, I was all along, I'm as hesitant as possible until I look at it and I say, there really are no barriers here to him being a high end player. So I'm in on Pitts. He's going a little early for my liking, but after the top five guys go, I have no problem taking Pitts. Uh, your top, so. who's your top five? Top five tight ends right now. Kelsey, Kittle, yeah. Waller. I, I actually go Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. Um, okay. I go Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. And then everyone thinks that the Andrews versus Hawkinson situation is more complicated than it is. In what I'm doing is in half point PPR, I'm taking Mark Andrews because I think the, t- the touchdown upside's there. In uh, full PPR, I'm taking TJ Hawkinson because I think the volume's there. So, uh, you know, that's as simple as it is for me. I, if you look at the finishes every year uh, for half point versus full point, they're never the same for, you know, the two, for tight ends in the two categories. So why would we rank them the same? You know, I think that Mark Andrews has a real shot to score way more touchdowns. And I think Hawkinson is, could lead that team in targets. So you know, I'm doing, I actually have them split in the different uh, formats. All right. So something that our listeners probably don't know about you. And, and again, because there's no accent there, um, <laughs> you're a Pats guy. You are you are through and through Boston. And and I hate you for that. I really do. It is, but but in the same way that I hate John and Pemba as well. I mean, I, I love that kid, but I hate the fact that he's such a Patriots homer. Love um, hate. What's that? It's, it's a love hate. It is. It's, it, it is a love hate. But the hate is only, you know, it's only that New York Boston kind of conflict that he and I have. But so you're a Patriots guy. So listen, I everybody and their grandma is like, oh, John New Smith and Hunter Henry. It's the next coming of, of Rob Gronkowski and, and Aaron Hernandez. Um, I, I either refute or support uh, that situation there. Wh- which of these tight ends do you think comes out on top? Well, th- now this is something that I'm to a, you know been a little bit passionate about to a certain degree because I'm such a big Patriots guy. In but, that, the yeah, I know, but <laughs> the Patriots are just for the longest time they've been so good at just keeping quiet, not letting you know what they're going to do. And now you see Brian Flores doing that in uh, Miami. He's you know brought that with him. But if you find somebody that tells you they know for sure which of those players is going to be better in fantasy football. That person's not doing, they're doing you a disservice because we, we, at this point, we don't know for sure. We can just give our best guess. For me, what I think happens, I think Hunter Henry plays your typical inline tight end spot as Gronkowski would in those situations. And then John Smith is kind of a combination of Martellus Bennett and Aaron Hernandez, where sometimes he's the backside tight ends in a two tight end set and he's block, a blocking tight end. Sometimes he's going to go in motion and be like a pseudo fullback. We saw, uh, not sure you remember Chris Cooley uh, for yeah. the yeah, Chris Cooley, Seathan Carter, these guys that can come in play fullback. So I think Hunter Henry is probably going to be the more consistent player. But Johnny Smith has the explosiveness. He, you know, it's, I wouldn't be surprised for it's going to be a headache probably, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnny Smith have a rushing touchdown at some point. I wouldn't, he's, he has some in the past. If you look at his stats, he's got multiple rushing touchdowns. I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a rushing touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnny Smith have a uh, 70 yard touchdown on a screen on the backside. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see Hunter Henry be the guy that gets the more consistent targets. So for me, if it's a redraft league where I have to start the guy every week and count on him, Eileen Hunter Henry, uh, you know, in best ball, you can kind of take shots on whoever and John who might be better in best ball just because he's that kind of guy that he's never been consistent 
but he makes incredible plays when he makes them, you know? He does. Well, I was, I was always a big fan of John U. Smith uh, when he was with Tennessee. He was definitely locked in in a number of my, uh, a number of my teams, uh, to say the least. I thought it was really funny when he got hurt. Is it last year? I'm in a two tight end league uh, where you start two tight ends. Brutal, right? Absolutely yes. brutal. Um, and and Smith got hurt last year, and uh, and and I don't remember what was going on, but Ferkser was still on uh, on waivers, and uh, and I was like, man, I, I might as well just pick this guy up for the week. And I think that was the week where he had his like 151 yards and. And two touchdowns. I think you were on him. I think you you chat you you pointed him out to a lot of people that week as well. And I think we uh, we highlighted him in DFS too, yep. um, based off of that. So he was at Texas. They played the Texans that week, and yeah, that was a uh, uh, Texans. Yeah, that was a situation where uh, if you're a Fantasy Alarm subscriber, you made some money. You made a lot of money. Um, all right, who's the uh, who's the tight end? Nobody's talking about right now that they should be. Uh, so I think, you know, the, there hasn't really been a guy that's emerged as like a guy that nobody is talking about at all. But I think that Adam Trotman actually has a very good chance to to be that second target for the um, for the Saints, because you got Michael Thomas on one side. Right. You have all these people that are concerned about Alvin Kamara saying, you know, uh, that it was Drew Brees. We got that guy that's feeding him. So if you are in that boat where you don't think he's a lock for 100 targets, those targets have to go somewhere. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Traquan Smith has been a bit of a field stretcher. Uh, Trotman kind of came on towards the end of last year. It was, you know, it was the same thing with there. The same exact situation with the Bears with basically his Jimmy Graham was Jared Cook. Jared Cook is the guy that, you know, he lines up at slot. He runs a lot of routes. So Trotman kind of had to play inside. Well, Jimmy Graham's gone now. So it's like that problem is, sorry, uh, Jared Cook is gone now for the Saints. So I think Adam Trotman's a guy that's that's flying under the radar that, that, because of his target share, could have top five upside. I mean, anytime you get outside the guys that are going top seven or so, it's, it's you know, you got to take stabs. It's hard to get up to that top five pedestal. But what you're looking for is a guy that's a top two target on his team. And I think Trotman does have that opportunity. I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm going to have to quietly bump him up on my boards. <laughs> Whisper. <laughs> you know? right, is, it, is that not like the biggest peril of being a fantasy analyst? Like you want to, <laughs> you, you, you can't save anything for yourself. Cause all of a sudden the, your friends in your home league, they start listening to you. They start picking everything apart for you, man. It, it can be brutal, right? I, it is crazy. I mean, it, we might have to put the, uh, the tight end ultimate guide behind the paywall this year. Cause my boys at home have been, in one of my leagues, I'm not even kidding. In one of my leagues, we went to up to 14 men. And one of the things they voted on was to remove the tight end position and make it a flex. And it was, the voting was 13 to one. You can guess who voted to keep tight ends. See, right. Listen, that's, that's what they do. That's what they do. <laughs> when, when you come up with something, when you, when you're known for something, when you have a strategy for something like immediately, everybody wants a rules changed because they want to take that edge away from you. I'm sure that, you know, again, as you've been working for Fantasy Alarm and your your profile is increasing, I'm sure that you are um, probably going to end up losing out on every single one of your sleepers. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Though. As long as we help some of our our listeners and our fans win the game, you know, win their league, then that's what matters, you know. No doubt about it. We're uh, talking here with Andrew Cooper, obviously, uh, at Coop A Fiasco on the old Twitter machine. He does amazing work, amazing work over at fantasyalarm.com uh, for, for all your fantasy football needs. 
Um, I, I'll even throw out the the promo for uh, for the draft guide so that you guys know it's fantasyalarm.com slash draft now. Promo code is draft now, one word. It gets you 20% off. And yes, uh, somebody's tight end series will be a part of the draft guide. You earned that one already, man. Put it behind the paywall. You're damn right we're going to put it behind the paywall. We're not idiots over here. We know what everybody's bread and butter is, which is why uh, after this uh, this quick timeout commercial break on the other side, uh, we're going to talk about Andrew Cooper's groundbreaking article in the draft guide right now that, again, you can only get in the draft guide. Speaking of teaching people how to win their leagues, it's called Winning the Scott Fishbowl by Andrew Cooper. So let's pay some bills real quick, and we'll be right back to tell you how to win SFB 11. All right, we're back. Andrew Cooper here. Andrew, I I, tell you, I love, love this article in the draft guide. Um, I mean, listen, I can't. I've been talking about this. I, I don't know how much you listen to Sirius XM, but I've been talking about you on Sirius XM for quite some time right now. Uh, trying to get you more followers on Twitter, just trying to help people understand, really, again, you want to know where your bread and butter is for fantasy football knowledge. I'm, I'm bringing him to you right here, right now. I talk about him all the time on SiriusXM. So uh, winning the Scott Fishbowl, that was um, it was an article that I wanted for us to have in the, uh, in the draft guide. But more importantly, that was an article I wanted you to write, not only because of the tight end premium aspect of the league, but also because obviously the uh, the tournament style there also it just brings a whole different element to your draft strategy. Yeah, absolutely. It's fu- funny that you mentioned the the radio because I I do listen as much as I can, but my dad listens all the time. So anytime you or Jim mention me, he's like they're talking about you on the radio again. You know, I'm <laughs> like, all right, all right, man, okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, the Scott Fishbowl for anybody who doesn't know is uh, for me, it's fantasy football Christmas. You know, I actually uh, and I have to thank you, Howard, because you were the one that kind of petitioned to get me in this three years ago. I'd never pl- I. Had, you know, tried to get in it two years in a row, had never got in. And you, I feel like, you know, you got a little sway on there on Twitter, man, 40,000 followers. You got some friends out there. So I appreciate you for that, man. Well, I mean, listen, I just, I really, I just had no confidence in myself winning the Scott Fishbowl. I figured, well, let's see, who do we have on staff who probably runs the greatest chance of winning it? (laughs) Ah, you know, Jim Pemba and Grande are, you know, head first into, into NBA stuff right now. And I was like, ah, Coop's the man. No, listen, I think that, you know, like this is it's it's an interesting format, to say the least. And again, it's not just about the tight end premium, but it is. It's about, you know, all the crazy scoring that they have. And, you know, I could have Matt Sells make me a spreadsheet and rank everybody based on our projections and, and you know, and, and the Scott Fishbowl scoring. But again, you just you you seem to have you're very intuitive. That's what it comes out. You're very intuitive with this kind of stuff. Um, and that's where I think uh, it needs to be celebrated. So, I mean, sales is an absolute spreadsheet wizard, man. Those spreadsheets, <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. Uh, yeah. So if you don't follow Matt Sells, I mean, it, his NASCAR stuff is out of this world. Back back to back NASCAR of the year, right? Sellsy, believe yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah. So in this format, uh, that's the big thing is that Scott Fish wants it to be intuitive. He wants it to be he does the scoring himself. He's it's custom scoring and he wants it to be intuitive. He wants it to be based on real NFL success. So the tight end premium is one aspect that's huge. But the, I think the what I think is the biggest aspect is it's a, a quarterback super flex league. But the quarterback scoring is geared towards uh, quarterbacks that actually succeed in real life. So you're going to have uh, you get a point for a. Uh, it's uh, a point for, oh, sorry, half point for a completion, and you lose a point for incompletion. So your quarterback needs to be accurate. Um, there's a lot of QBs in the league that are just kind of flinging the ball around, and they get crushed in this format. The other thing is that you lose four points for an interception, and you get negative two for a pick six. And you also lose a point for sacks. So, you know, in fantasy football a couple of years ago, Jameis Winston was – you know, he threw 33 touchdowns and 30 picks. He was terrible. Ended the season with a pick six, set the record for pick sixes. But in fantasy football, he was great. Normal leagues. In this league, you're not going to get away with that. You need real good quarterbacks, like real life good quarterbacks. So that's where the intuitiveness of, you know, looking at the, you know, the players themselves, looking at the matchups, seeing what Vegas has to say about wins, you know, because a lot of times when you're losing, that's when your completion percentage goes out the window. So in this league, you know, you might not, Think about it in normal leagues, but guys like Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, that can be, you know, super accurate as opposed to guys like maybe a Jalen Hurts or somebody or Jared Goff this year with a team that's set to be potentially last in the league. They could be flinging the ball all over and you could get negative points in this. I think Kirk Cousins last year had a week that he had like negative 11 points or something. So quarterback is where you really need to pay attention. And we, we dig into that in the article pretty deep just because it is that's the biggest thing about this this league. Yeah, I mean the the quarterback scoring is uh, is huge. Um, the new wrinkle he threw in uh, this year as well was uh, that you could flex a kicker. Now there are no kickers in the starting, but you could flex a kicker. Now all of a sudden, I mean, does that start putting like a Justin Tucker or a Will Lutz? Um, does that start putting them on your radar? I'd say more on like the later rounds of drafting as opposed to you know early on but i mean i don't know how do you see kickers kind of fitting into this mess i think you're absolutely right with the later round of drafting like you don't want to reach for them because they have a ceiling and also it's not like so when we talk about the intuitiveness of uh trying to get a guy who's going to be the focal point of the offense a kicker i mean i guess unless you're the packers in a playoff game the kicker is never going to be the focal point of the offense you know um the so you don't you can't really you got you know who's going to have the big leg and what teams might score a lot, but you can't really predict it week to week, and it's kind of hard to predict the total. But I actually think that a lot of kickers are going to be viable, and that's because of the how deep this league is. It's a you start a quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, a super flex. We can start a quarterback, running back, tight end, and wide receiver, and then three more flexes. And I've personally made this mistake where I was going running out to best case scenario with my late picks. I was drafting Antonio Brown, who didn't play for half the season. You know, everyone remembers how good he was. But in this league where, you know, the playoffs start halfway through the season because it's a tournament where you get windled down, he didn't really even play for me. Uh, Lamar Miller didn't play. You know, I lost Darius Geis. I lost Christian McCaffrey. I lost Cortland Sutton. You know, the best laid plans of mice and men. So you need to have these guys at the very end of your draft that are actually going to play. And I think that's where kickers come into play because at a certain point when you're drafting, you know, it's 12 teams drafting 22 players. You know, we're talking hundreds of players. At a certain point, you get into the guys that aren't even going to play. And that's where 
any kicker that's starting is more valuable than some rookie like JJ Arcega Whiteside that's not even playing. You know, so I think even the as crazy as it sounds, even the 32nd kicker, it might be starting for teams once the bye weeks and injuries start. Yeah, definitely. It just it, it to me, yeah, you're right. It increases the player pool to say the least. Like that's you know, because I mean, yeah, we'll sit there and you know, all these like speculative ads. Uh, that it comes down to, you know, it's like, do I, do I, do I handcuff Adam Trotman to Nick Vanette, right? Uh, you know, or do I just say, you know what, give me Ryan Suckup because this dude is going to be, you know, a, a solid addition for me. I mean, I, I like the, I, I, I do, I like the addition of the kickers just for the flex spot for this very reason. You know, when you're sitting there and you're making those speculative late picks and you're throwing darts at a bunch of running backs and, you know, and, and for all intents and purposes, those guys, you know, that you're drafting there are, are your, your first cuts. Uh, right. And then, you know, and, and who knows what happens to them later on in, in the season here, but at least you're, you're building your roster with guys who are actually going to, uh, are, they are going to play. So let's talk about just, you know, especially for maybe people who, you know, are new to the Scott Fishbowl. Maybe they've only done it one year, two years. Maybe they're brand new uh, this year here because um, it's coming up on uh, on draft season soon. Um, suggestions as far as, uh, you know, not, not, you know, I mean, you don't have to give all the do's and don'ts, but a couple of highlights here of uh, of advice that you would give to somebody who says, you know, I'm going into this draft for the first time. Um, you know, how, you know, do I just, do I, do I do quarterbacks early because it's super flex? You know, where, where am I, uh, where am I at? Which, which pick do you, you have the 10th pick, right? Yeah. You and me are in the same, yeah, we're in the 10th pick thing together there. So yeah, weren't we in the same one last year? We were too? last year. We both picked two. I mean, we're on the same wavelength and I think that I really like the 10th pick this year. So if you haven't picked your pick yet, jump in the 10th pick, shoot us a message on Twitter. We'll get, um, I think it's uh, Ho John Hogue that's running ours. We'll get him to add you into the chat with all of us that are picking at 10 and uh, and we'll hash it out, you know, but I like 10 a lot. Uh, and I, I can't say exactly why I like 10 a lot, you know, because uh, I know there might be people listening out there that are, you know. <laughs> wait, 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 why do I like the 10th pick so much, Andrew? Why? <laughs> Right, the guy picking the guy picking at eleven in my league who follows me on Twitter would definitely love to know why I like the tenth pick and especially who I'm talking in the second round. But um, <laughs> but I will say this for Jen, and that's the thing about the Scott Fishbowl is that it's supposed to be meant to test your metal. You know, it's it's, it's the three things are testing the industry, uh, networking, and you know making friends really, and then charity. So that's why in this article I didn't exactly give people the keys to the car in terms of the player names, you know, because it's all over the place, but I gave you some strategy. And I will say the biggest thing is that there are two drafts here. There's the draft. And then there's the quarterback draft that happens within the draft because everyone wants to start two quarterbacks. That's 24 guys starting every week. Right. And then, you know, there's only 32 teams. So there's going to be four, at least four teams that don't have a third quarterback at all. That's a starter. And, half these you know there's a bunch of guys near the end that are going to lose their jobs or might not so the quarterback draft within the draft ends well before the actual draft is over this is like 20 rounds and the last quarterbacks are gone by 14 15 so you really can't get um that's the one thing where you can you can lose badly if you don't get a 
a second quarterback or two, or at least a very, you know, very good quarterback and be comfortable with your flex, but you really need two. So uh, that's my one, my one key advice. Do not sleep on quarterbacks in a, in this type of draft. Yeah, definitely. No, I think last year, I think I waited on QBs a little too long. You know, I mean, you just say I, I took Saquon Barkley at number two. Um, I don't know. Who'd you take last year as your first pick? I got so the kid, the kid. Oh, you got McCaffrey. Yeah, the kid in my league took Mahomes. But he, whether you got McCaffrey or Saquon at one or right, two, you're screwed. You got screwed. Yeah, that's just <laughs> fantasy football, man. It's ruthless. But I think when I, I think when it came back to me, you know, it got to that point where I was like, oh, you know, like we went so quarterback heavy, um, the rest of that first round and into the second. And I was like, wow, I mean, the value that they're leaving me here at running back and wide receiver is just sick. And, and I, you know, I can't pass that up. I'll, I'll definitely go after quarterbacks and try and hit them with like back-to-back picks. But I think by the time it got back to me, I think I took Barkley first. I don't remember who I took second. I might've grabbed a QB in the third round, but then I didn't touch it. And, and it just, and then the, the, the position was just completely decimated. So, I mean, it's obviously you gotta, you gotta play your room. Like that's, and that's a, that's a huge thing. It's one of the reasons why I like being at 10, right? Mm-hmm. I like being on the ends um, because now I can sit there. I can watch how everybody goes in that first round. And then that, you know, for that first or second pick of mine, I mean, I feel like you got to grab a, uh, you got to grab a QB at that point, because if it comes back to you, you know, the whole rest of that, that second round and the whole start of the third, you're going to get screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it goes. Uh, I mean, last year I got, I think I took Rogers and Stafford with my third and fourth picks. So you don't have to go crazy or might've been fourth and fifth. You don't have to go crazy reaching super hard and, and be the guy that falls for the run, but you do have to look at it and say within the first four or five rounds, get yourself a QB. If you're, if anyone out there drafting at the end of the draft, like us at 10, it is third round reversal, which means it goes, the snake goes down and then all the way back. And then it starts back at the end. I'd say if you don't, you have to get a quarterback within one of those first three picks because yeah. otherwise it, it's a, it takes a long time to go back around. So, um, yeah, don't like, you know, don't force it if there's great value coming back to you in the first two rounds. But just know that when you go, you know, two running backs or we're running back wide receiver, your next pick is going to be a quarterback, you know. Yeah. So it almost if you don't force it now, you're going to have to force it later. I totally forgot it was third round reversal. So I just, my pants just got tight. It's crazy this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's great with 10 though. Cause if you like, like me, like I like the guys that are there at 10. I love the guys that are there in the second round. And then I also get a, uh, a big high five with the third round reversal. So I think that's big ammo for us at 10. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. All right. I would love to keep giving away the Kings of the kingdom here, but you know what? You got to pay to play. And that means that you got to get the NFL draft guide from fantasy alarm. You got to read Andrew's article here on winning the Scott fishbowl um, because it's right. That's what that again, this is another aspect of what I love about it, dude, is that you didn't sit there and say, you target this guy, target that guy. You got to make this up. You're teaching people what to look for in uh, in in every aspect. You're teaching them through the scoring format and and you know again your knowledge of the game in order to help everybody out. So I mean, listen, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. 
Yeah, and if for anyone out there, like if you're not in the Scott Fishbowl, it's you know it's kind of it, even if it's two thousand people, there's there's a lot of people out there who play fantasy football. Get in one of these satellite leagues, you know, make yeah. a league with your friends. And even then, beyond that, like the Scott Fishbowl is just one part of this draft guide, which this year, this, I think this is going to be the best one that we've ever done. Because, I mean, just me alone, I'm doing a best ball league strategies, a uh, flexible and snake drafts article, dynasty league setup, an article just on things to target with slot receivers, stats you need to know. And then obviously, you know, the tight end stuff, like that's just what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Howard's got a whole slate. As Howard, as always, is just a content machine. So he's got a whole slate of his own stuff. John and Pemba's coming in with all this crazy stuff. You know, Colby Conway. It's it's going to be this. This is this draft guy at twenty bucks. It's ridiculous. It's going to pay for itself. Twenty bucks. It's less than that right now. It's less Ooh. than that. Twenty percent off. It's it's less than sixteen dollars. Don't tell my league mates that. That's Dude, a whis- that's a whisper. That's a whisper right there. Please. I was. I- <laughs> Gotta be honest with you, man. Like I was pissed at everybody at Fantasy Alarm, and I was arguing with the higher ups about it. I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna devalue all of our work by by just. I mean, you might as well just fucking give it away. Yeah, just give this shit away for free. I think at this point, if you're listening at this point of the year in June, then you're a fantasy football, you know, hardo. You're a diehard like us, and I guess you deserve a little discount. But we got to bump that back up once it gets once all the the uh, the softies and the. Uh, the uh, fair weather players come around in August. Yeah, you damn right. I got a, I got another puppy here at the house, man. I got another mouth to feed for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's always busy over there. It always is. It always is. So yeah, again, guys, fantasyalarm.com slash draft now. Uh, I don't even have to ask Andrew to tell everybody what he's got coming up because he's already done it. And uh, And I think what, that best ball article that's dropping this week? Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be. Uh, I think that's on um, Wednesday. That'll be up, and and that's we're deep in best ball season here. Now is the time to if you have like all these hunches. Now is the time to capitalize on your hunches, right? So if you think Zach Ertz gets traded, now's the time to get Goddard for a discount. You know, if you think Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers, uh, Devontae Adams is going in the second round. So now's the time to kind of. Get yourself that ticket because once August comes around, all the ADP smooths out. So you can make those bets with like Elijah Moore, these guys now. That's that's the beautiful part about best ball. And we're going to talk about a lot of that in the article. I actually did a best ball draft, my all speculative uh, best ball draft. Um, I picked, I went heavy on the Broncos for Aaron Rodgers ending up there. <laughs> um, I put, I picked up Zach Ertz because he's going to land with the Colts and, uh, and he's going to rejoin Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, it was, and, oh, and that was the fun. The funny thing was it was all pre Julio news. And I actually drafted Ryan Tannehill as my starting quarterback because he's got an AJ Brown as the wide receiver, because I was like, Julio's coming oh. and that's going to help that. I mean, that that's the thing is that you can't, you know, we all love to tweet and say, Hey, you know, I think, I think Julio goes to the the Titans, but you can't, at the end of the day, you can't cash in a tweet. Like no one's going to pay you for that tweet. Like you, you just now. Just got a whole bunch of lottery tickets. I mean, you can't just bet on guys getting traded either. So you have all these lottery tickets now that could get cashed in at the end of the year. That's why I love best ball. Go in and, and take all those hunches and uh, and put that lottery ticket in your pocket, you know? Just make sure you know that your best ball draft is not the same as your home league draft that has regular rules. Always keep that in mind. Mm. It's one of the things that always drives me nuts. Um, you know, the mock draft army, I'm not even sure if that's going to happen here for uh, – for fantasy football this season, but you know, because everybody's like, I got to get some skin in the game and they all just flock to best ball. 
Um, so just kind of keep in mind that your best ball draft strategy should not be the same as your home league draft uh, strategy as well. So that's uh, we'll, we'll leave it on that note there. Again, grab yourself the fantasy alarm draft guide. Give Andrew Cooper a follow on Twitter. It's at a it's at Coop a fiasco. That's C O O P letter A F I A. S-C-O, right? There you go. I slowed it down, and I even spelled it for you, people. Can't do that with Grande's uh, uh, stupid Twitter handle. I've been still trying to get him to just change it to just just do it like F-A babyface for crying out loud. <laughs> I thought about it with mine, you know, because it is a little it is a little out there, but I mean, it's it's part I of the love brand yours. at this point. It's part oh, of the brand. See, don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> no uh, really man the best cool. hour. This thank is, you this so much for joining us what's that i was just gonna say it's been a blast to come on i really appreciate you letting me come on and uh and talk a little ball with you love it absolutely love it you will be uh, a return guest indeed we also got to get you back on to uh sirius xm as well so um folks thanks so much for uh tuning in to ante up for liking subscribing all the good stuff there for andrew cooper i'm howard bender We'll catch you next time.